Sisu Clinic is an innovative, doctor-led aesthetic destination where beauty meets medicine. As one of Ireland's leading aesthetic clinics, we offer the most advanced beauty treatments in the world. Our doctors will partner with you to enhance your natural beauty, so you radiate inside and out. And with 14 clinics across Ireland, there's a Sisu Clinic nearby. Your evolved beauty journey starts here. Visit sisuclinic.com to book your free consultation. The Eason Book Club on The Pat Kenny Show. Sharing book recommendations with book lovers every month. Now, for this month's Eason Book Club, we chose Scenes of a Graphic Nature by Caroline O'Donoghue. So what did our panel think of that book? They're joining us to talk about it. Claudia Carroll, Kevin McGowan and our newest member, Stephanie Preisner. All very welcome to the programme. So uh, we'll start um, with the longest established member, Claudia. What did you make of the book? (laughs) Oh, it's so entertaining, Pat. Just to give you a a brief little sort of potted, non-spoiler history of the book. um, It's Caroline O'Donoghue's second book. And uh, the leading character is um, Charlie Regan, who's a young woman, um, age 29, eking out an existence in London, trying to make it in the film production business, which is never easy and kind of going through a bit of an existential crisis. Um, Mum's English. Dad is a very proud Kerry man who is terminally ill. So she goes home to Essex to help look after her dad. And she's a really interesting character because she's got this sort of torn identity, um, never feeling never feeling fully English, never really feeling fully Irish either, has never visited here. Um, but the catalyst of the story is that she and her best friend from college, um, Laura, um, have made a documentary about her father's backstory, which is where the book really gets interesting. Her father is a proud Kerryman and is from a tiny island off the coast of Kerry called Clipham, fictitious island. And Clipham in 1963 had an awful tragedy where the schoolhouse burned down and 18 children were killed, including their teacher. Um, Charlie's father was the sole survivor. He was only a boy at the time. And what saved him was that his mum sent a note to the school saying, send him home, I want him to do messages for me. And it being 1963, he was sent home. Um, Charlie and her best friend and co-collaborator have made a documentary about this called It Takes a Village. And the very start of the story, the documentary is selected um, to be screened in the beautiful, gorgeous Triscoll Arts Centre in Cork, which I was delighted to see getting a name check. Um, And they decide to travel. Neither of them have ever visited the country before. And this is where the plot really kicks off because they think they've made a fantastic documentary and this great story. And her father was, you know, the sole survivor and she interviewed her dad. She talked to him exhaustively. But when they actually see the film on screen in front of a live audience, it's risible. It's just awful. The audience okay, don't just we, we will pause you there, Claudia. Sorry, because, I uh, talk all day. We, no, no, but it's, <laughs> you, we've got to a certain point in the plot because obviously they do end up in Clipham. I mean, that's inevitable, um, even though it's not spelt out at this point in the story. Um, Stephanie, what did you think of the book? 
I I was just listening to Claudia there being like, oh, wow, that sounds like a great book because I what I really related to in the book, apart from the broader themes, was the relationship between the two girls. So you've got Charlie, who's the protagonist, let's say, and her best friend, Laura. And I just found the relationship so relatable. So they both make this short film and then Laura's career kind of takes off. She's on her way to L.A. at the start of the book. She breaks the news to Charlie that she's gotten this job in LA and Charlie is kind of unemployed. She's doing a career of kind of like questionable sexual content for money on the internet but she's ashamed of it so she's not telling any of her friends. Yeah, now, this is interesting because when I was reading this book and um, I did read it from cover to cover um, I, I was shocked by this. Here's a girl doing amateur porn. It also turns out this uh, Charlie is gay uh, but she's doing, uh, you know, this amateur porn, selling it online to the, the bidders out there, men. Um, and then, you know, within days of getting to that point in the book, I'm hearing about only fans on News Talk, which I hadn't heard of. I didn't realise that this was a, a business for young Irish women flogging images of their own bodies online. Yeah, and I guess what I really liked about the book was, you know, it's Charlie's body, it's her prerogative. If that's what, how she wants to earn her money, there's an argument that she's not hurting anyone. And I thought it was very, I mean, to use a poor word, it was very woke of the book to just address, like, there are there are definitely versions of that story where that is the entire plot line. But this is just this side hustle that she's got going on. It's not really dealt with in any huge way in the book. It's definitely not what the book is about. And it, I think it does, it does come in uh, marginally later on in the, the book when the plot thickens uh, fairly dramatically, but uh, we won't do any spoilers in, in that regard. I think it's also um, Kevin, speak, sorry, yeah, go on. just that it speaks to her life as an artist and how, you know, unsuccessful... Se- unsuccessful she feels um, because she's not making money from her art and so that's what she has to do at the site. All right, Kevin, what did you make of the book? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Same as yourself, I read it from cover to cover. Um, I thought it explored so many different themes. As Stephanie was saying, like the theme of female friendship, I think it described that really well. Uh, I think when you're working in the creative industry, everyone has that one friend that you started off with in a in a flat, uh, in a squat, sometimes eating mayonnaise sandwiches and pot noodles, and then suddenly the other friend becomes more successful, and it's not suddenly it's not cool to be poor anymore. I thought she explored that really well. I thought she explored the theme of how Irish deal with tragedy really well. Um, we don't we tend to to sweep a lot of stuff underneath the big lumpy carpet and resent anyone, um, usually from the media or journalists who kind of uh, pulls back the carpet and uh, try and finds blame. Uh, I thought it was brilliant. I thought she writes really well about just Irish identity and what it means to be Irish and how we can kind of, um, we tend to be very territorial of our own identity. Uh, kind of what, what that's like for somebody who's half half British, half Irish. It can't be, it can't be easy coming over here, you know? She did that. I, I really enjoyed it. I liked yeah, how she, yeah. I liked how, initially when they arrive on the island there's this big Cade Me La like welcome mm. and it almost like you can hear the Kaylee music playing in the background as you're reading and then the minute she starts getting in any way inquisitive or trying to do you know investigative journalism it just turns and there's this frosty reception from the locals I really enjoyed that element of it yeah, as well Yeah it was quite quite frightening almost yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the sort of as the characters themselves refer to it the Nancy Drew aspect of the book 
I don't really get the reference. Who tell me about Nancy uh, Drew? I, I mean, the, the, when they're kind of trying amateur to detect. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. I think there's something that happens when you are. So they're coming to this island because their film has basically failed and they're kind of embarrassed and they do sort of double down where they're like they have to justify their reason for being there. But I think she does it quite funnily and she does reference Nancy Drew and there is a kind of a like, ooh, we found a button. And I kind of laughed at those (laughs) points because it is done like, look at this scrap of paper, which is kind of nonsensical at times, but they're very self-aware of how ridiculous they're being, which makes it tolerable. Yeah, I mean, there are th- things like the, the button museum and which I found a bit of a stretch. But anyway, that's that's uh, there's a butter uh, museum almost. in Pat Cork, though, like there are ridiculous museums around the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something um, for everyone. The, 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 the pace of the narrative uh, to all of you, I, I found it was a book that was a page turner. I wanted to find out what happened. It was a book that for me and I've I've only done this with maybe two or three books. I read it while walking. You know those books where like you just want to finish, you have to go somewhere, like you have to walk upstairs or you have to get the washing, but you don't want to put the book down so you're walking while reading, which and is And it's lethal. very funny. Did you? I thought she was hilarious. Yeah, it is Some very Some of her written. descriptions are howlers. She's so observant. She talks about her her best friend Laura and Laura's the golden girl, you know, who's now going off to LA for this big jammy job. And she says, you know, it's easy to be a friend when someone is down, but it's very hard to be a friend with someone who's a success. And she said, Laura choosing to be friends with me. It's a bit like a little remote village being selected for the Olympics yeah. or to host the Olympics. And I just, I thought her, her turn of phrase was priceless. Yeah, she's very observant. I, I really, I really yeah. like the line uh, when she's, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, loud yeah, we can hear uh, When she, she's talking about her mother quite critically and she said, my mother's the type of woman who's still very impressed by sensations, crisps. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that was very yeah. good. That was a great relationship. <laughs> the kind of waspish tension yeah. that they're just. Th- there yeah. is in underlying the whole book. There's this uh, character Charlie who has a, an Irish father from Clipham and a, an English mother, and her whole quest for identity. She's like the plastic Paddy who comes to the the island of Clipham, mm. and she feels that some of the people are being exploited because you know tourists with their phones are taking picture of a Shano singer. And then the Shano singer goes over, puts his arm around the tourists and the camera, the phone is turned back on them for a selfie. So, like, who's exploiting whom? Um, is this the way the islanders have to make a living? And are they fake or are they genuine? It's fascinating. I think it's where culture I don't think we even know ourselves. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, it's it's where not. culture meets capitalism. You know, I think we see it in. I mean, I can't remember the last time any of us have been on holidays, but you know, where you go abroad to to any foreign country and you see people, you know, monetizing their culture, and it's. I found it interesting in the book that I've never really considered Ireland in that way, because I don't think about it as a tourist destination because I live here. Um, but I think actually. In the last couple of months, we've seen as as we've been staying at home more and having our own uh, staycations or whatever verb you want to use, um, that you know, without right. tourists, our culture like it's very hard for the tourist industry to survive when all of those things disappear because people aren't well, going look, to take a uh, selfie we, with we, the shadow singer. I, I detect from everyone it's a big thumbs up for this book. 
Yeah, I really, oh, really yeah. enjoyed yes, it. Definitely, yeah. Very entertaining. All right. Well, look, um, it's Claudia's turn to pick the book for next month. I'll give some detailed descriptions uh, later on. The Gift by Edith Eva Eager, Fake Law by the Secret Barrister, Robert Harris's V2. We'll be talking to Robert in a few minutes' time. The Lying Life of Adults by Elena Ferrante. And uh, Claudia will make that uh, selection. But for the moment, Claudia Carroll, Kevin McGarren, and our newest member, Stephanie Preisner, thank you very much for joining. 